Hello, friends, Maestro here, bringing you episode 431 of Maestro on the Mic, doing it Monday, mini style. In today's episode, I am breaking down exactly how to find and hire a great virtual assistant. This is a question that actually I get asked quite a bit, and real talk, my people are the best. The people that I work with, the people that I've hired, they are the best. And I want to let you know how I have done it. And no, it's not about going on Fiverr or any of the other sites or anything like that. None of that is needed. There is a better way. All this and more, but first, hey DJ, give me that heartbeat. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get maestro Three, two, one. Hello, hello, my podcast people, and thank you for joining me for yet another episode of my favorite podcast. So today we are talking about how to find and hire a great virtual assistant. I get asked this question a lot. I kind of hate saying that because, you know, it's like such an influencer speak. I get asked this question a lot, but I actually do get asked this question a lot, typically from people I'm actually working with, not just from like, you know, random people on Instagram. And my people are the best, right? The people that I I have been fortunate enough to work with and hire, they are the best. And I want to help you out with this same thing. Now, as it relates to what we're going to talk about today, the title of the episode is how to hire a great virtual assistant. But what we're going to talk about relates to hiring anyone, right? So it's not necessarily exactly about teams, but same, same. So as it relates to my team and my virtual assistant, we'll start there. Lex, I've brought her on the podcast before. Courtney, if you can link that episode, thank you. JoJo, same thing. Thank you. Uh, Lex is Lex Lancaster is technically my virtual assistant, but if you ever receive an email from her, uh, Lex at themovementmaster.com, it's going to say in the little signature, executive assistant and general badass, because she does so much more, and not that there's anything wrong with the title of virtual assistant, but this chick does all the things, and also this is going to speak to what we're going to talk about later. There's something really cool about building a team and having people, you know, feel seen and really inviting them to like be part of something and not just like, they work for me, check the box. Uh, so yeah, the rest of the team, I have Courtney. She edits the podcast. I'm always shouting her out and asking her to, to link things. So shout out to Courtney. She edits the podcast. I guess technically she produces it because she uploads it and like that to um, WordPress and subsequently to, the, to their platforms. I have Joe, brought him on. Or I haven't brought him on yet. I will bring him on, I should say. Um, but I've spoken about him. He runs my YouTube channel. And I also have a Facebook moderator for each of my two Facebook groups, one for the Mafia and one for uh, the Intensive. Uh, also, I'm going to circle back. I brought Lex onto the podcast. So if you want to hear from her directly and you haven't yet, uh, you can check that out in the show notes. I, now I'm like, did I actually ask Courtney to do that already? If I did, thank you again, Courtney. All right, so let's get right into it. That's my team talking about the VA, let's get right into how do you find these people and then how do you hire them? Most important thing, be willing to pay your people. Stop being cheap. Stop worrying about overpaying people. I hate that discussion. 
no one ever seems to be concerned that they're underpaying people. It always seems like when people are reaching out, like, oh, how much should I, should I charge? How much should I, should I pay someone? It's always because they're worried about paying too much, right? Stop worrying about overpaying people and start worrying about people feeling undervalued. Now, I get it. It's not always all about money, but money is a very easy way to, you know, a very easy thing, a very tangible thing to exchange to help someone start to feel valued, if we get objective with this, the only way to actually overpay someone or to truly overpay someone is to pay or exceed your salary cap. Now, all that that means is how much you have allotted for paying people. And this allotment is based on being able to keep the lights on and not you know, running out of money and, and actually being able to run a business here. So yes, this is going to require that you actually know your numbers. And if you feel a little bit overwhelmed with that, well, number one, check any of the episodes I've done with Sandy York. She's my accountant. I brought her on like two or three times and I'll bring her on again next year uh, for the beginning of 2024. But if you're overwhelmed by numbers, you can start with that. But this, I think, speaks to the fact that you probably shouldn't be hiring if you don't have somewhat of a grasp on your numbers, right? So there's a bit of like maturity here before you actually just go and hire someone. I think that it gets kind of get thrown out there of like, you know, hire out and outsource things and that makes you legit. And I'm like, that will actually make you poor if you don't do it correctly. So how much you can afford is typically going to be based off of a percentage. Now, if you Google this, the percentage of what will come up differently. So you can either look at it as a percentage of your operating expenses, aka how much it costs to run your business, or a percentage of your revenue. And again, if you're feeling overwhelmed, please go check out Sandy on uh, Instagram. She's Fit Money Coach on Instagram or check out any of the episodes that I've done with her. These are things that I really didn't look at until later in my business. Right? I was making money before them, but I wasn't hiring anyone. I didn't, you know, I didn't feel that I needed somebody. And actually Lex approached me. We're going to get to that. Um, but I didn't know all these numbers. I didn't have to know those numbers. I wasn't ready for other things, right? So to go and hire just to hire would have been dumb and probably would have, I would have lost money there. So you can start to kind of inch your way towards these things. And like I was saying before, when you go to hire someone, this salary cap will be, be will be based either on a percentage of your revenue or a percentage of your operating expenses. They are interconnected. So it's kind of, you get to choose which one you want to base it off of. You don't have to get too into the weeds here. And if you were to Google this, you're going to see like varying percentages of how much of your revenue or how much of your operating expenses expenses should be allocated towards quote unquote payroll. It's going to depend on how you're running your business. All right. So just to like give you some quick numbers here. So you can understand how they're related. If you were to bring in $100, right, that is your revenue, 100 monies. If you spent $20 in order to make that $100, spent it on whatever, you know, um, I almost said furniture, not furniture. If you spent it on uh, tech or marketing things, whatever, you spent $20 and then you brought in $100 in sale, right? Revenue is 100, operating expenses are 20. Of that $20, if five of those dollars went to somebody else, I'm using smaller numbers here, it's easier to understand. If five of those dollars went to somebody else, then we would say 5% of your revenue was allocated towards paying someone or 25% of your operating ex expenses. Now, of course, this number doesn't include if you're paying yourself, if you're an S-corp, I don't want to get in the weeds with that. Suffice to say that if you're going to go and Google how much did you pay, you're going to get these, these ranges. And that's why I just want to kind of explain that to you. And you have to understand that it's going to be based on your 
business. The best thing to do is to be in business for a little bit, have at least three months of reserves. So operating expenses in an account. I'm all about profit first. Again, go listen to those episodes that I did with Sandy. They're just tremendous. Uh, And so you have three months of reserves in there at least. And then from there, you can look to think about hiring someone and starting someone off either project-based or as as needed, right? So when you're doing this, you're not going to hire someone full-time. You're not going to be like, okay, you are a W-2 employee. No, because most of you are probably LLCs or you might just be sole proprietors. So we're not even there yet. Majority of the people that you're going to bring on will be contractors, which will be 1099s, uh, or W-9, you know, employee, or W-9 contractor. That's what everyone is for me. There are benefits to each thing. I don't want to have the responsibility of having a W-2 worker. Some folks may say, okay, well, that person's going to really be committed if they're W-2. Yes. And also, I think there's other things that you can do. And they don't have to be a W-2 and they can be a W-9, a.k.a. a 1099 or a contractor, and they're still committed to doing the things. And then they have the freedom and flexibility to go and do other things on their own to make even more money. But again, I know I'm speaking quickly. Sometimes these numbers and things get overwhelming. Check out the episodes with Sandy. Check out Sandy's resources. It's not nearly as complicated as it sounds, right? But to recap what we just said, don't worry about overpaying people as it relates to this kind of general concept. Worry about your people feeling undervalued. If we're going to look at payment, we want to make sure that we stay within a salary cap, and that is just the amount of money that we have allocated for paying someone to do something. The way that we can determine that is get three months of reserves, right? Three months you'll have operating expenses. You'll see how much does it cost to run this business, okay? Then you take a percentage of that. You get to choose. It can be small, and that's going to be allocated towards hiring somebody to help you. Very, very simple. This way, if it doesn't work out, you still have money to cover your business. You can still pay for your things and you will be okay. Next part. How do we actually find someone? The easiest way, my friends, to find someone is not to go on Fiverr or anything like that. It's to create something that people want to join. Now, clearly this takes a long time and I'm speaking from my own personal experience and how I like to do things. I am a content marketer through and through. I love attraction marketing, right? Where you do things and you attract that audience. Part of the audience that you'll be attracting are people that may want to work for you. So you give yourself time. You build this thing that people actually want to be a part of. I speak about this all the time when folks are like, how do I get more followers? And I'm like, be worth following. Be a leader. Don't ask yourself, what will make people want to follow me? Ask yourself, what will make people want to join me? big difference. Once you've built this thing, then you can put out a call to action and ask your people, say, hey, I'm looking for help with X, Y, and Z from the audience. And typically you'll get bites from there. The beautiful part about this is that the people, they know what you stand for. They know, you know, how much this thing means to you. And it means that much to them too. Oftentimes people will have gone through your ecosystem. They will have gone through your programs or your products and they're in it. They're bought in. They had their own transformation and they're like, yeah, I want to get this thing out there to other people. I want to help. When you utilize attraction marketing, when you build something and then you invite someone from within to be part of the team, it goes from being transactional to being relational, right? When you just hire someone, oftentimes it's, it's transactional and it's about money. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But to me, if we're looking at sustainability and longevity and quality, we want to make things relational. 
A cool part with this, if you build something that people actually want to join, is that oftentimes people will ask before you even put that call out. So that's what happened with Lex and myself. She brought me in to teach a rock tape course. And I think she found me through a friend who had posted or shared one of my daily maestroisms. This was years ago, 2016, something like that, 2015. And she put that call to action out. Oh, excuse me. What am I saying? She put the call to action out. No. She asked me to come speak and to come teach a rock tape course. I taught Blades, I believe. Blades and Blades Advanced, I think. I can't remember what class. It was a two-day course. And... That evening, I do. I used to do socials when I was when I would teach. And that evening, she came up to me and she's like, "You always say that if you want something, you should ask. So I'm gonna ask, and I'd love to work for you and like be an assistant in any way." And I was like, "I'll think about it, but probably yes." But like, I don't even know what you could do. I I was not at a point that I was like, "Oh, I want to outsource something." So I didn't have things, you know, specific things that I could ask her to do. But I went and thought about it. And Lex actually just reminded me of this. I don't know, a week ago we were talking and she was just like, yeah, I remember that you called me from the beach and it was a big deal. I don't call people. Like, I'll call the police because if someone calls me, I'm not trying to call people. And she's like, you called me from the beach and, you know, you were just like that saying that you wanted me to be part of the team. And I was like, holy shit, I don't even remember this. But I do remember when I first moved to California in 2016, I would drive home from CrossFit and I'd have to drive past the beach and sometimes I just wouldn't go home. Like, I would just pull over and I'd go sit at the beach because I was my, you know, I was new to being here. And I, in those moments, and I still get them, it's just like extreme gratitude. And when I get that extreme gratitude, I want to share it with other people. And that is very likely what happened. That I called her and I was just like, yeah, I want this for other people. I want this happens for other people. And I'm grateful and let's do this. Uh, and that is how Lex became my VA, right-hand woman, executive, you know, executive assistant slash general badass. Um, with Joe... I asked Joe, but I found him from my audience, right? He's been in my mafia. He's a dope guy. He just, I see his passion for things. I know that he cares about what I'm building just as much as I do. Uh, and so it was a no brainer with that. I found Courtney through Jill, um, right? And Jill, I found through social media. That was again, attraction marketing uh, and Pip. That was also Pip. If you listen to the episodes I've done with Jill, the most recent one, especially, I think we talk about that. Um, but the whole thing here is if you want to find the best virtual assistant, the best help, build something that people want to be a part of. Your own success, whatever success looks like, that can be just happiness, right? Your own success will be magnetic. It attracts people. It's something that they want to get on board with. And oftentimes they will ask you before you can even ask them. Next part, do things yourself so that you know what the end product is going to be like, right? So we're still within this attraction marketing, and this is the value of having done all the things, built this brand, built this business, and done it yourself to start off with. When you do things yourself, you know what you want the end product to look like. It's not as important that you know the process. It can be helpful that you know the process, but it's more important that you know what the end product is going to look like and you have a true brand so that people can very easily replicate that. I can very easily go say to Lex or Joe, maestrify this. I can say to my sister, of course, maestrify this. And they know what that means. They can put this brand on it and I can like, you know, finalize it and tweak it. But the brand has been established. So when we're doing this stuff ourselves, when we're building this business, three big uh, benefits to this. One, you know what the end product looks like, which means that's easy for other people to look to replicate. Two, you value the process now, right? Which makes you more willing to pay someone. 
I see it thrown out there of like, oh, I'm just going to get an editor to like do this thing real quick. And because people don't edit themselves, they don't know how in labor intensive it is. That shit takes a long time. And if it doesn't take someone a long time, but you still get a good product, it's because they're phenomenal at what they do and they've spent years refining that craft and they are definitely worth whatever they are asking for. All too often, just like, just because we're not willing to pay it doesn't mean that it's not worth that, right? We're like, oh, it's like a $10 job to you because you don't know how to do it and you know all the things that go into it, right? So doing those things yourself first typically makes you more, it makes you value the process and subsequently more willing to actually pay someone to take over that process for you. The third valuable part of doing stuff yourself as we're leaning into this attraction marketing and creating something that when people want to be a part of is so that you can very easily document the process. Right? When you document the process from a technical perspective, that looks like using something like Loom. Uh, you could do it on Zoom, can do a screen recording. You can you can natively do screen recordings on um, uh, what is it called? On Apple. Uh, you can do it with Descript now as well, which I did get an affiliate link for, themovementmaestro.com forward slash partners has all of the things on there, but more specifically, the movement maestro, the movement maestro.com forward slash descript should take you to my specific uh, link because it's not a code or anything like that. But they have a program in there that you can do a screen recording and like you hit like the picture in picture with like your little head in the side. Um, I used a thing called Screencast-O-Matic before, like just something that you can actually record the process if it's a tech kind of process so that someone can very easily replicate it. When I uh, brought Courtney on to do the podcasting, there's I use WordPress and Blueberry, which is different than other systems, and I had done it myself for a bunch, like 150 of them. And so I was like, cool, here's the process, here's how I do it. If there's a better way that you like doing it, cool, but like here's what it looks like, here's the nuts and bolts of this program. Most recently when we were uh, adding transcripts, I did the same thing. I did the first two episodes myself and then I was like, hey, all right, Courtney, I'm screen recording it. Here's how I you know, pull the podcast. So I still am going to make the transcript, but here's how you're going to import it. Here's how you can make the page for it, link these things. And then the person can just replicate that process very easy, very easily, right? So first half of this podcast, three things that we're looking at. Number one, be willing to pay people. Point blank, be willing to play, be willing to pay people. Number two, the best and easiest way to attract someone or to find someone to be a VA is to create something that people want to be a part of. And then within this, doing these things yourself and creating this is that number one, it becomes easy for people to know what that end product is going to look like. Uh, number two, it makes you more value, makes you value that thing more, that process more, which makes you more willing to actually outsource. Uh, and then number three, it makes it easy for you to actually uh, record the process and then you can outsource the process and somebody else can do it very easily. What I want to talk about here are the kind of eight steps that are involved in finding and hiring a phenomenal VA. Let's get logistical with it. I am aware of the time. This is going to be longer than 22 minutes. I'm aware of the time. All right, but eight steps that I've come up with, wrote it out for you. Breaking it down. All right, so number one is how do we know what to actually outsource? My personal preference is wait until you hate it. Do all the things, and then when you're like, I don't want to do this, anyone can do this, I'm going to hire my cat Rupert to do it, 
it's time to outsource. You can probably outsource before then, and oftentimes people will try to encourage you to outsource before then. I know I read Tim Ferriss's The 4-Hour Workweek, and I went and hired a VA from overseas just to like try it because he kept talking about it in the book, and I was like, well, this is kind of stupid. I don't, I don't actually need this person. So for me, I like to wait until I hate it, and then I can outsource it. You can outsource things you hate, things that you can't manage. You're like, I'm just too overwhelmed. Like I just got too many inquiries, too many emails, too many things to move over to this thing, whatever. You can outsource for help with that. You can outsource things that you want to do. That you, excuse me, things that you just don't want to do. Outsourcing of things that aren't directly revenue generating or perhaps outsourcing of things that are more like from an integrator versus visionary. If you've read that book, um, Rocket Fuel. Outsourcing things that are more integrator based, that will typically come later in your career, later in your business, right? So it's not like, oh, well, this isn't directly revenue generating, so I should outsource it. No, we're looking at longevity and sustainability here. If you like doing this thing, you don't need to outsource it. Hence why I do a lot of my own editing uh, with certain things. And I edit, I don't edit the podcast anymore, but when I'm talking, when I'm doing videos, I'm doing my social media, it's not necessarily directly revenue generating, right? It's not client facing like a coaching call, but I still love it. And so I'm going to hold on to that. Right? So that's how you know what to delegate. If you're kind of like, I don't even know what I would outsource, then wait, wait, I promise you will know what you want to outsource when the time comes. You're just like, I either can't grow, I can't keep doing this, I'm overwhelmed, or I'm not doing this thing, I'm avoiding doing this thing in my business because it takes so long or it's so much time, it's so difficult. You probably want to outsource that. Maybe just, you don't have to necessarily fully outsource it, but you can go and ask for help with that thing. Number two, do things yourself so you get a rough idea about how long they take. This is great for when you're going to look to outsource and say, okay, I need this many hours roughly. Now, of note, you may just be really slow. And so you outsource and you're like, okay, I'm thinking about five hours. And the person's like, I did it in 45 minutes. And you're like, wow. Okay. That may be the case. That's a, that's a best case scenario. That's amazing. But either way, it just serves as a nice ballpark for like when you're thinking about, hey, I'm going to outsource this. I want to kind of pitch this to someone. How much time do I think it's going to take to do it, right? Another valuable part of doing things yourself. Number three, put out that call to action and say what you're looking for. So you've waited to outsource. You said, okay, I'll take about this long. Now you know the specifics and you're like, hey, you put it into your audience. I'm looking for somebody to help me with X, Y, and Z. It doesn't have to be the most formal term. Just say what you need. Say what you're looking for and see what kind of bites you get. From there, if you get some bites, have a discovery call. Remember, this is for both of you. It's not just you grilling them. It's to see if it's going to be a good fit. So encourage them to bring their own questions as well. If this person's coming from their audience, they probably know you, they know what you're about, and it could be a phenomenal fit. But let them know that you're looking to create a team, right? You're looking to build a team. It's not just you're looking to hire someone and have this be purely transactional. Step number five, decide on a rate. Again, remember that your salary cap is going to be based on objective numbers. So you're going to say, okay, I make this much as the revenue. I want to use this much of that revenue or this much of the operating expenses to go towards paying people. And then use that as the metric for whether or not you're overpaying someone. To me, if you're going to hire a VA, minimum of $25 an hour. Now, I know people like to go overseas and like get super cheap labor. I find that problematic. I'm just going to throw it out there. I find that problematic. Also, to me, that's annoying. The, the like back and forth of the time zones and things like that, that's annoying. I actually love that Lex and Joe are on the East Coast because then I, I wake up, especially with Lex, man, I wake up and things are done. And I'm like, well, that's great. Amazing. It also creates like this almost like systems of checks and balances within the business because I can work on something till very late at night and then Lex will get up early 
and looks at it. And so like I'm on the back end there checking it. And then she wakes up while I'm still sleeping and checks it. And I wake up and I'm like, right, either something needs to be fixed or it's okay. And it's just, it's just a nice system there. So for me, I'm going to say a minimum of $25 an hour. Like, like I said earlier, just because you don't value the task doesn't mean that the task isn't worth that amount. So if you're, you're like, oh, it's a $10 task. Is it? Is it, would you want someone to pay you $10 to do that thing? Probably not. Probably more because you hate it. You're like, I want them to try to pay me a million dollars. Same, same. Just because someone likes something doesn't mean that they should get paid less. Right? Just because someone is good at something, efficient at something, doesn't mean they should get paid less. So it's really cool to start your own business because suddenly you get to look at your own values and you get to run a business the way that you want to run a business. And you got to ask yourself because now you're put in the driver's seat and you're like, oh, I see why people cut corners or like why these big businesses like do this shady shit. They're trying to save money. Don't be like that. Don't be shady. Minimum $25 an hour. Think about what you would want to get paid. How much is it worth it? Would, be, would make it worth it for you. I do the same thing for like a bigger picture for like a monthly. So with my moderators and things like that, you can kind of do the math of like, I think it'll take them this many hours. Okay, multiply by 25. How much would that be a month? Um, but same thing, like what would make it worth it for me to do this thing? Okay, cool. I'm going to pay people accordingly. Big point there. All right, number six, get a contract, make it legit. You can Google contracts or my favorite, you can just uh, go to bradendrake.com. I don't have any affiliates or anything like that, though I should reach out to him because he's probably all about that. Um, but I know him from Claire Pelletro, actually. I met him on one of Claire's webinars and he's just a super social, outgoing guy. And uh, yeah, good. I'm just checking my watch to make sure that I, I had definitely just looked down, folks, to make sure that I uh, had the other camera going. This is like part of the growing pains of running uh, you know, doing new things. And I, I have the Apple Watch going for the B-roll. And I was like, wait, did I start that? Uh, but Braden M. Drake met him on Claire Pelletro's show, uh, excuse me, Claire Pelletro's webinar. And he's uh, all, he's a lawyer, um, but he's all about the financial side of things as well. And he is Braden Adam Drake on Instagram. We'll link all the things in the show notes. You can also go to themovementmaestro.com forward slash 431. Uh, that I, if you're watching the video, I just did terrible hand signs. Like I could never be in a gang. That was just, that was terrible. Uh, but you can go there. All the show notes will be there as well. Everything's going to be linked. But he has like a contract vault. It's like $30 a month, which is amazing. And you can, go, you can get contracts for VAs and things like that. Um, just make it legit. That's one thing that my lawyer, uh, Jamie, taught me. Like get it in writing, make everything legit. It's pretty simple. And I did not use him for my initial contracts. I was using someone else. And one of the things he writes on his sales page is that $300 for a contract is fucking whack. And I was like, it is. Like, I paid a lot of money for this thing. And it's annoying because it seems like it's just a template. And I have to put all the important stuff in anyway. Like all the little like logistics and the names and the prices and things like that and the dates. So get a contract. Bradendrake.com. You will be able to get all the things from there. Step number seven, have a test run and a test period. A test run is before you actually like commit to working with this person. So have them do one task, have them complete one task. I had Courtney do one episode and I paid her for it. Don't just like make it for free because then you end up with this finalized product, like pay them, all right? And then you have a test period. We, we've all done this with work and things like that. Clearly outline a time frame. Three months tends to be like the standard, whatever. You can pick. Your, this is the beautiful part of running your own business. 
pick a time frame, see if it'll be a good fit within that time frame, right? That's what that time frame is dedicated for. Three months where you see, and you should outline things of like what will determine if it's a good fit or not. And it goes both ways, right? Give them some power within this too. And then lastly, number eight, relate, revisit, and revise. Be a goddamn human, right? We said we're going to move this away from a transactional relationship and into something where we are actually relating with the person who we are hiring. Say thank you. Lead from the front and create an environment that people actually want to be a part of and they feel like they're part of a team. And it's not this weird power dynamic going on with that. Allow them to not only feel valued, but to provide value. And the way they like to do that is ask them like, hey, do you have any ideas about this? Now, one of the things you may notice is that when you hire people for positions like this, this is where we talk about visionaries versus integrators. And visionaries are kind of the ideas person. Whereas integrators are like, I just want to do it. I want to do this thing. I want to do this next thing. And some people love that. Lex loves lists. She loves crossing things off. Just like cross it, cross it, cross it. Loves it. So you may ask someone, do they have any ideas or changes? And they may not say, they may say, no, they don't have any. It doesn't mean that they don't like you or that they're not interested. Just this is part of being a good team leader and understanding people's strengths and, you know, how they like to provide value. And then lastly, within this relate, revisit, revise, bonuses and surprises. I love celebrating with my team, send them a coffee, send them a bonus during holidays. It's really cool to have something that you can share with people where you're like I can just give money away I can give things away like I can just text this person and say thank you that's freaking incredible right? and from there you just keep doing that you revisit the contract if you need revise things change things as needed and I didn't put this in here but obviously sometimes it's not a good fit and you let that person go I had before Lex I did have someone else that worked for me for I don't know a month two months I don't even remember and it just wasn't a good fit and so you say that you're running your own business now. You're an adult. Put on your big adult pants and have the conversations. All right. All right. I'm looking at the list. I'm looking down here and we killed it. I loved this episode. This was a fun one. I'm having a, a really good time with these more tactical episodes. Um, just having a great time with the video and just doing all these things and creating. Definitely December has been a time where I am leaning into creation. And part of that's because I hurt my knee. The knee's doing great. I, I should be... By the time this releases, I should have taken a semi-private lesson last week. And so hopefully that went really well. It's, you know, we're like in the future, but in the past. But um, but the knee is great. It's just I've been leaning into content creation and kind of getting the uh, flow down. And I'm loving it. And I'm super grateful for all of you that watch and that you listen and you tag me. I had those, you know, Spotify top five. I listen to Pandora. So I don't have like the year in review for Spotify, whatever it's called. But seeing people share that Maestro on the Mic is their top podcast or it's in the top five. Like that's freaking awesome, folks. I am so grateful. Those things make my day. I wake up, I go on Instagram and I'm like, damn, my people are the best. So I hope that uh, you're having as much fun listening and watching as I am creating. Don't forget, uh, if you want to search for an episode, you can't do that on Spotify. Maybe you can. I don't really know if Spotify works. You can't do that on Pandora. But if you go to my website or if you just go to the movementmaestro.com forward slash podcast, that will take you to like the podcast episode page on my website and then you can search someone was in my dms and asked me hey i know you're really busy but like if you ever have time could you just like shoot over like a suggestion for how to get out of your own way and, I, and how to get unstuck and i was like you're in luck i did a whole episode on that but people may not know that you can search over there and then you can go listen to it on whatever player you want because you have the episode number um as long as it's after episode 100 because it only shows the last 300 so kind of whack but either way you can search for everything over there. That, my friends, is how you find and hire 
a great virtual assistant. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Hope it's helpful. I am, like I said, I'm just having a blast with all of this. And I hope that you're enjoying it and finding it to be just as helpful. As always, endlessly appreciative for every single one. Until next time, friends. Maestro. Maestro.